Hey everyone, welcome back to Living Beyond Sunday. My name is Jonathan Sams. I'm back here with Pastor Mike. Pastor Mike, good to see you. Another week, man. I'm excited about uh another about, week about recording. Yeah, real quick, if you haven't already, follow us on Spotify or Apple Podcast, or if you're one of the people watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, hit the notification bell. It helps us out a lot. Um, and for those of you listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, jump over to YouTube and subscribe on our YouTube channel, Image Church ATL. That's where you can keep up with not just our podcasts, but also our, our church. Sunday, our church. Yeah. Um, and we'd love to see you here on Some our of y'all listening, you know, from afar, you can check in and kind of see what's happening in the life of our church. And uh, so enjoy. We put that content up there for helping people live beyond Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. The, the heart of our podcast has always been to help people live Christianity every day. And so we have a question actually that came to us through uh, part of our church ministry from our institute. Um, but the question is this, if God is all knowing and all good, um, and he obviously knew that evil was going to happen, why did that happen or how did that happen? Um, and I think it kind of parallels in, all, in a lot of ways to we've been walking through a sermon series kind of through the Bible on mountains as peaks. And we just talked about Noah a little while ago. Um, and so even thinking through that story of, well, if God knew that was going to happen, why did it happen? Right. Um, I think the main question is really at the heart of it. If God is good, why is there evil or how is there evil? Yeah. So one of the things that I love to go with this, and I had a guy actually was at a barbershop, and uh, the one of the guys that was working there was reading his Bible, and I was like, you're reading your Bible? That's awesome. And I was like, man, I'm a pastor, and I, I love... I uh, love to see people read their Bible. And he was like, oh, you are? You're a pastor? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, oh, man, I got a buddy that's got questions. And I'm like, uh-oh, you know, no tell him where <laughs> we're going with that. And uh, so he grabs another barber, brings him over, and the barber comes up and literally asks me that same question. And I said, man, um, there's definitely answers that we can talk through, but here's the first thing that I want to bring to mind in this, that if that was the reality that was going to happen, um, know that also God knew what it was going to cost him. And so it just really kind of gets your mind back to who God is and and really runs you to the cross because God knew before the foundations of the world that his plan was Jesus. And so everything that was happening, everything he's orchestrating was Jesus. And we said all the way back, you got creation, you have fall and Genesis three fifteen, we get the promise, you know? And so God's, God's promise from the jump is Jesus. And so it's kind of cool when you, when you run that question back and think, okay, yes, evil exists. Yes. There's a lot of questions around that, but at the same time, uh, God knew evil was going to exist and he also knew what that evil was going to cost him, which was the death of Christ on the cross, gruesome, brutal death on the cross, not to mention the whole humility piece of God becoming one of us. And um, man, it just there's a lot there that I think really should direct our eyes back to God to go, man, if God knew that was reality um, and he still went through with it, um, that it helps us see that it is, according to God, the greatest way in which he can get glory. Yeah. And that's ultimately the goal. Yeah, so I think it goes kind of, we can start with this, like what is, the, what is God's ultimate purpose? Because people who would argue against maybe Christianity's perspective on on why there's evil is that would assume that God's whole purpose is to prevent evil right, in the world. Right. Um, and I think from based on what you're saying and our chatting beforehand, we agree that God's ultimate purpose is to bring Himself the most glory because right. He is the best thing possible. Um, and so I think that we have to start with God's purpose, and then we can start to talk about like God's plan. Right. Um, and part of that plan being Jesus before the foundations of the world. Even so, what are your thoughts on, I think that at least in my conversation, I don't know how that barber conversation went, but some people who have this idea that God is maybe not good because there is evil also want to use the, well, God should be all knowing. He should know the evil. So he should have prevented it. 
but then also when they talk about Jesus, think that Jesus was like a reactionary thing. Right. That, oh, he saw this, this was the solution, but what you're saying is, no, like, Jesus was always the plan. Right, always. Yeah. And I think part of the problem with this whole conversation and where it, it gets so distracting is the focus is more on evil than it is on God. Right. And so what what I think is so frustrating about these conversations so often is we're focusing all of our time on like evil, evil. What about evil? What do we do? And where'd it come from? If God knows this, if God knows that. And it's like, man, at the end of the day, we can run down a bunch of rabbit trails and we're going to talk through some of those uh, different places, but we can't miss Jesus. We can't miss the glory of God because God is after his glory. And I do think that's a big miss for Christians is that they miss the fact that God is after his glory. It's it's not even like your circumstantial good, your physical well-being. He is after his glory. And so everything that he does gets him and gains him the most glory. And so that's the purpose behind everything that he does. And so when we have conversations like this, what it does is it takes our eyes off of the glory of God and puts it on the wickedness of this world and evil, which I'm sure the enemy loves, right? Because we're festering in and focusing on the bad things as opposed to the greatest thing that happened in the midst of all the bad that exists. Yeah, we were talking this week in the uh, in the institute here about spiritual disciplines and how we how we grow. And we were talking about the idea that to grow is actually you're, you do yourself a disservice if you want to grow spiritually by if you're always focused on the sin you want to overcome. Yeah, that's good. Because instead the Bible would teach you that you need to focus on the person you want to become like, and that's right. Jesus. And in the same way, I think the the what you just said takes our a lot of times people take their eyes off of who God is and they put them on maybe the brokenness in the world. And that's a that's ultimately a distraction from from reality and, and what we should be focused on right. in our day-to-day life. Right. And that's not to say, I mean, there are logical answers to this and we'll talk a little bit more about it. Um, but at the same time, I mean, if you're so focused on this kind of wild goose chase hunt to try to figure out an answer for this, and you're not spending time focusing on the glory of God, the incredible nature of Christ, what that means for you, that you're a child of God, co-heirs with Christ, seated with him in the heavenly places, Ephesians 2, right? Like, th- then you're, you're actually missing the beauty and the benefit of Christianity, and you're you're kind of squandering what you could enjoy on on looking uh, after and trying to find answers to things that, um, that can be really confusing and really challenging. And again, God's not afraid of our questions. He's not even afraid of our doubt. Um, but I just think we got to be careful how we spend our time when it comes to questions like this. Yeah, that makes sense. So let's talk a little bit about some of the like common objections. Um, so for example, when when we think about your conversation with uh, with the barber, what was some of the main objections? I guess he was portraying or, or sharing with you. Yeah, I think really a lot of it's rooted in another question that is why do bad things happen to good people? Yeah. And so there's this assumption that we're good people and bad things happen. Well, then why do bad things happen? God, I can't believe you would allow this. If you're all knowing and all powerful, like why are we enduring these kind of things? So really that's kind of the, the, the root I think in why we get to this part. Why does even exist? Why does evil even exist at all? And I think where we've got to kind of deconstruct that is we ask the question, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? I think we've got to flip the question and say, why does anything good happen to bad people? And so recognizing that the brokenness of this world that we're experiencing comes as a result to choose to rebel against the God that made us. And so we really deserve nothing, and God has given us a ton of grace, common grace. Grace is getting something you don't deserve, and that common grace is waking up every day, um, procreation, tasting good food, right, enjoying nature. There's a ton of common grace that we miss that we really aren't entitled to. And I think there's this uh, assumption, man, we're, we're... seemingly good people and therefore God's allowing all this bad to happen. And it's like, no, 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 we're in a broken world. We're broken people. Anything good that happens is a gift 
and part of God's grace. So I think some of it's coming to the realization of who we are and where we stand before God. Um, I'm preaching the uh, Mount Sinai this weekend, talking about the, the Ten Commandments, and uh, one of the things that is so important about that is God gives those commandments specifically to be a mirror so we get a, a glimpse into our own hearts, that we right. see how wicked we actually are so that we see how amazing He is. And, you know, it, it's one of those things that I think we've got to come to grips with of understanding that we're not morally good people, and we deserve to be separated from God and really destroyed from the face of the earth, and yet God has demonstrated His love for us, Romans 5, 8, that while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think that even in... Obviously, that's a hard truth, I think, for most people to grapple with. The idea that someone looks... I mean, the gospel is offensive. The, right, the I was going to say, right. Yeah, right. Like the, the idea that you're, you are... Um, so worse than you could ever imagine, but you're so so much more loved than you could ever hope. And that's what people miss a lot of times. Right. We hear that I'm so worse, but we don't hear that I'm so loved. And it's, right. there's an example, I think it's uh, Remem- uh, uh, Rembrandt, who's a phenomenal painter, right? Like he was famous for like his display of light in all of his artwork. And I, he got asked about it or something like, man, how did you do this so well? And he's like, man, in order to bring out the light, I've got to really focus on the darkness. And I think for us, we don't see the beauty of God's love until we see the darkness of our hearts. And so what happens is we get in this like, kind of woe is me, uh, I'm so bad, and it's like we get locked in that place and we miss Romans 8, 1, therefore there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. And and so where do we find ourselves? Well, God, why are all these bad things happening? Again, not a bad question, but I think it's just the wrong question as opposed to saying in the midst of the bad, you have provided something good and you have created and cultivated and orchestrated a rescue that will one day pull me out of this broken world into your perfect, harmonious kingdom where there is no more hurt, no more pain, and no more tears. And again, where does that lead us? It leads us, not our good, but the glory of God that he would choose to save us and do that in our lives. Yeah, I think, obviously, this is kind of a more philosophical topic than we normally go for. But I do want to make it practical for our our listeners, and I think the whole why do good things happen to bad people is, is a very practical question that people are asking themselves in their day-to-day life. But even like for, for Christians, I feel like that's a more, more of a question I, I hear from non-believers. But when it comes to Christians thinking through how you live your life and how um, maybe how you approach different trials in your life, this is a fundamental question that plays itself out in how you respond in those moments. Right? Yeah. Like if something bad happens to you, you, you encounter some evil your perception on why that exists, how that exists, what God's role in that is, does factor into how you will respond in that moment, right? Yeah. What are some common things you've seen from different people in, in their walks with Jesus on uh, where this question has maybe affected how they've attacked different problems or trials in their life? Yeah, I mean, I think for a lot of people, they assume that any evil or broken circumstances they encounter is God's fault. And it's like, you know, God, why are you doing this to me? You know, why is this happening? Again, those are not bad questions. I mean, David asked them plenty of times throughout the Psalms. Um, I I think what happens, though, is it sends us down kind of a spiral of viewing God in a negative light as opposed to viewing Him in a positive light. Um, I think about Psalm 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. You heard the yea there. Um, I will fear no evil. I learned it in the King James Version. Yeah, that's right. Um, But uh, I will fear no evil because your rod and your staff, you comfort me. Um, And, you know, there's this beauty of even the recognition of what David's saying is like, we're going to walk through some really deep and dark times, but in the midst of it, God's with us. And so when we can start to reframe our suffering and the brokenness we experience in the sense of it's a product of sin, and yet in the midst of that, we have the beauty of God being with us in those moments— 
I think we feel like God's absent in our suffering and present in our success. And I think that's one of the big challenges for people of like when it's success, it's like favor the Lord. And like, I mean, favor, yes, it happens at times for sure where God does specific things in specific moments, but it's not always a one for one. And it's like, he's not absent in our suffering. He's very much with us. And you get beautiful pictures of how he feels about suffering. Um, When you look at Luke 11 with Lazarus and he raises Lazarus from the dead, he weeps before it. And there's a it's a snorting of horses is what the the, the Greek really is there, uh, and this this anger mixed with emotion, kind of outrage and indignation for two reasons: brokenness of this world and the doubt and disbelief of all the people around him because they all doubted him. If you would have been here, if you would have been here, he right. wouldn't. Have, and Jesus is like, I got a plan, right? And I feel like that's us a lot of times. Like if you would just show up, if you would just do this, and God's like, I got a plan. I'm actually working something, and in the process, I'm going to make you more into my image, and I'm working for my own glory. Yeah. And we don't like that, and it's hard. And I'm speaking this. And it's easy to say this if you haven't been through suffering. We have been through the valley of the shadow of death in our family in multiple ways. I could sit here for an hour and just talk about the deep, dark pain cycles that we've had with health of our children, yeah. uh, all kinds of things, right? And uh, in fact, I got actually have my son's represent my son today. It's Rare Disease Day. Yeah. Um, he got diagnosed two years ago uh, with a rare genetic disease. 150 kids in the world at the time had it. It was discovered in 2014, and it just wrecked us. Yeah. And has been a hard, hard, hard journey. And so I don't say this from a place of not walking through suffering, but in the midst of suffering, realizing that God is somehow orchestrating this for you know His His good and His glory, and in the process, He's conforming to me me to be more in His image. And it's not easy. It's not necessarily what I want, but I know ultimately it's what I need and and what God wants to do. So it's like you've got to kind of reframe those valleys of the shadow of death and and remind yourself that God is with you. And so, really, it's not allowing evil to pull you away from God, but but causing you to press more into God. Yeah, and a longing for Him. Yeah, I think that's really good. And um, thank thanks for sharing that. For anyone who is present here at Image Church, everyone knows and loves Braxton and uh, knows how hard of a journey that's been. But when it comes to perspective shifts, right? Like that is a uh, a faith perspective on right. a situation that other people would say, to your point, God, why are you doing this to me? But even that is we cannot begin to understand or fathom the extent to what God will use that situation to bring people to know him for the first time right. and for the rest of their lives or for... Um, people to look more like him or for his glory. Like we, I think we so often forget, I so often forget the extent of God's uh, omniscience and presence that his plan isn't just unique to me, but something that's happening to me has everlasting co- impact ac- around rippling effects that we, right. God's a global God that we have no, no possible fa- right. like understanding of. Um, and I think it, it really, the heart of this question takes the perspective shift away from us towards him. Yeah. And it really defines where you where you sit on is God for you or are you for God? Yeah. I mean that's the heartbeat of all of it. And that's where I would encourage just our listeners today of just kind of saying, you know, as we sort of wrap this up, just saying, you know, I want you to fix your eyes on Jesus. Yeah. And understand that God provided a way out. And I know the question of why does evil exist is so hard. But what we do know with concrete evidence from God's word is that before the foundations of the world, God's plan was Jesus. Yeah. And evil is in that particular situation, um, and God works in his sovereignty and in his providence in the midst of it. And it would ultimately cost him way more than it would cost us. Yeah, and I'll, I'll add, and 
there will be a day when he will come back and restore all things and make all things new and we won't have to experience evil and pain and suffering anymore. And so hopefully today this podcast has been encouraging for you. I know it's a very heady question. We didn't spend a ton of time like other podcasts might do, but hopefully it's given you some handlebars as you've watched or listened to this question and encouraged you along the way. And if you have other questions for Pastor Mike uh, or for us, please feel free to email those to us at pastormike at imageatl.com or leave a comment on the YouTube video. And uh, every now and then we're known to give away some prizes to people who comment on our videos. So make sure you do that. But with that being said, we will talk to you in the next podcast. We hope you have a great week and continue to live for Jesus, not just on Sunday, but every day of the week. And we'll talk to you in the next one.